Welcome, everybody. We're in week 13 of the NFL. We are Wagers Ragers. I'm your host, Joshua J.T. Buckner, coming to you from the great state of New Jersey. I'm in New Jersey. And also joining me once again, as always, John the Hedgehog Donath. The Hedgehog. Also from the Dirty Jers. I'm in New Jersey. John, how you doing? Doing great, JT. Um, you know, still saying I hope everybody had a great Thanksgiving holiday, although as each day passes, doesn't that seem like it was like three months ago at this point? does yeah absolutely so so listen let's uh let's recap last week real quick i of course as everybody knows i'm a jet fan so the jets played the miami dolphins last week people were saying this is the game that the jets are going to win i didn't think it i i I knew that the jets were going to not show up and what happened they didn't show up they got beat 24 to 3 it wasn't even the it should have been like 50 to 3 because the jets are terrible they played two games this year against the Dolphins. They scored a grand total of three points. The line last week was Miami giving six and a half points. They covered easily. The Jets just didn't show up. So, and I don't expect anything, anything more from the Jets this week. And we'll talk about that in a few minutes. But I think that was easy money. The second game, which I was like my lock of the week. Don't ever tell me what I can't do, ever! Which I really thought the Giants were just going to steamroll the Bengals, given the fact that Joe Burrow was not playing due to his... Uh, knee injury. The line was minus six. And the Giants had the cover coming into the fourth quarter, but a backdoor cover, giving up a touchdown to the Bengals. The Giants only won 19-14 and didn't cover the the six-point line. I did have Wayne Gallman over 56 and a half rushing yards. That was easy money. He covered that pretty early in the game. But Daniel Jones got hurt, did not cover the 26 and a half rushing yards, but Gallman did cover the 14 and a half rushing attempts. So overall in the giant game, you know, a mixed bag, but uh, my player props pulled me out of that game. John, how'd you do last week? It was a, uh, another fun week. You know, the, the NFL never ceases to surprise us on a, on a, on a number of levels. Uh, just as you always take the Jets game, I am a born and raised Eagles fan. I always take the Eagles games. Uh, for our listeners, if you hear anything in the background, that's our live studio audience. You know, we're going to have a live studio audience right now. And, you know, for all the parents out there, I think you understand that, you know, sometimes that's how it goes. So getting back to the football last week, uh, the Eagles game was a Monday night game between the Seattle Seahawks and the Eagles in Philly. Uh, no fans this time around. Uh, the Eagles were getting five and a half at home to the Seattle Seahawks. My advice last week was to take Seattle, give the points. That did work out. The game actually was a little bit closer than I thought it might be for much of the game. The Eagles defense had two uh, fourth, uh, fourth down stands in the first half to keep the score close for most of the game. But it, it just the, the Eagles offense didn't show any punch at all for the entirety of the game. A trend that's been going on now for almost two months now. The Eagles just have nothing. Wentz still is not playing great. He's getting absolutely destroyed behind a horrible offensive line. The play calling doesn't seem to make any sense. Doug Peterson will not roll Carson Wentz out. He rolled him out on design plays exactly once each of the last two weeks. Each one of those plays went for positive yards, and that was the only time he did it. So at least the the Seattle pick and giving the points worked out. However, I thought for sure this was going to be an over game. Uh, The over-under was 49 points, and I don't normally take over-unders. But in today's day and age, where points are being scored left and right, a point spread under 50 really catches my attention. 
And Seattle's defense has been horrible. So even though the Eagles' offense has been equally as terrible, I thought that the Seattle's defense might be the elixir that the Eagles' defense offense would need, excuse me, at least to score some points in this game. The over did absolutely did not hit, but you know what did? DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf absolutely destroyed the Eagles. So the over on DK Metcalf receiving yards and receptions both hit. Taking a look at my notes here to see if there was anything else. I, I really liked uh, Miles Sanders' rushing yards and attempts last week. That didn't hit because Doug Peterson would not use him. He only gave Miles Sanders, maybe the Eagles' best offensive player, uh, six carries in the whole game. So a very depressing game from an Eagles fan standpoint, uh, but the, the line bet did hit. The second game I picked, I was just dead wrong on this one, guys. That's this was the Titans at the Colts. These two teams had played just two weeks prior to this meeting, and the Colts had absolutely destroyed the Titans. I expected more of the same. You know, the Colts had just beaten the Titans 34-17, to uh, and I thought, you know, Indy was something on a roll. They, at that point, were 6-4 and four against the spread, and did not turn out that way. In a very, very bizarre game, the Titans went into Indy and absolutely smacked the Colts and won the game. The one bet that I really hit pretty good on in this game was Derrick Henry. Rushing yards was 87 and a half, 87 and a half. And I pounded that and he, I think he had that in the first half. So Derrick Henry is a beast. Uh, it's the nearing the end of the season. So, you know, that's when Derrick Henry absolutely goes nuts. So the Titans-Colts game was a bit of a surprise, but at least we can always rely on Derrick Henry. Yeah, good stuff. So let's let's move into week 13 this week. So we started off with the 0-11 Jets coming, uh, going home. They're home this week against the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. So last year when the Raiders played the Jets, the Jets demolished them. 34-3. The game was over right from jump. You know, this year is obviously a different story. The Jets are a pathetic team. They lose this week. It'll be the worst stretch of losses spread over two seasons for the Jets since the 95-96 seasons, coached by the infamous Richie Kotite. Uh, I don't expect the Jets to win this game. Again, there's a lot of talk about maybe the Jets will pull a win out, given the pathetic showing that the Raiders had last week against the Atlanta Falcons. But I just don't see it. I mean, the Jets are your get well team, right? When you're when you're down and out like the Raiders right now, having lost two straight, the Jets are the perfect elixir to get healthy and get back on the winning track. So I expect the Raiders to win this game. In fact, I expect the Raiders to win this game big. The line's eight and a half, the over-under is 46. I always stay away from the over-unders with the Jets because like last week when the Jets scored three points, they may not score any points against the Raiders, uh, even though the Falcons put up over 30 last week on them. Uh, the Jets are that bad. The Jets have allowed 30-plus points in all six of their non-divisional games this season, and I expect the Raiders to put up big points this week against the Jets as well. David Carr is fourth in the NFL with a 69.3 um, pass completion percentage. And the Jets give up the highest pass completion percentage in the entire NFL at 71.8. So I expect Derek Carr to have a big game. The Raiders haven't been able to run the ball that great the last couple of games. So I expect Derek Carr to be throwing the ball a lot this week. And with the Jets rookies back there at cornerback and their, their defensive secondary is just terrible. Uh, I expect D Derek Carr to have a field day on Sunday. And another stat on the Jets, the Jets added to their total again, 17 points or fewer. In games, that's that's eight games this year that they've scored less than 17 points in a game, which is just brutal. I, I liked Sam Darnold 
coming out of college. I thought he was going to be the franchise quarterback of the Jets, but clearly he's not the long-term solution. He looked terrible last week. He threw two picks. He hasn't thrown a touchdown pass in his last four starts. So I think it's time. I mean, we've been saying it all season long that if the Jets go 0-16, they're clearly going to move on from Sam Darnold, draft Trevor Lawrence, which hopefully, you know, he's a generational pick, they say. Hopefully he turns out and the Jets don't ruin him like they ruined Sam Darnold. So I like the Raiders in this game laying the eight and a half points. And that's my pick this week against the Jets. Uh, There really were no player props uh, up on DraftKings, which is my go-to site. But I do like Derek Carr over 259 and a half uh, passing yards, as well as over 23 and a half completions. John, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I mean, that's tempting to take the Jets and, and the point spread here. But I, you know, I just don't think that you can, they can really be trusted here. As far as player props go, uh, it, I think it's questionable as to whether or not Nelson Aguilar is going to play in this game. So I would take a look at the other Raiders receivers. The Jets are the 30th ranked defense against the pass as far as passing yards given up per game. So especially if Aguilar is out, I really like uh, Henry Ruggs at 35 and a half receiving yards at minus 110 on, on FanDuel. And I also like Hunter Renfro, 38 and a half receiving yards and three and a half catches. He had uh, seven catches last week and he's got pretty good odds at plus 114. One for the Jets, uh, Jamison Crowder, you know, like that he really had a, a pretty good first third of the season before he got hurt. Uh, he had three catches last week. He's got great odds on FanDuel for catches four and a half at plus 130. So I would take a look at that as well. Yeah, good stuff. So let's move into your Philadelphia Eagles at the Green Bay Packers. And it looks like we have an identical point spread in this game. Yes. On DraftKings, the Eagles are getting eight and a half points on the road at the Packers. If you look at FanDuel, and this is going to come up in a few minutes here, uh, the Eagles are actually only getting seven and a half at minus 108. That's on FanDuel. Listen, it's, it's, not, it's not a happy task to kind of go through this game as an Eagles fan. You look at this game at the beginning of the year, and this would be one of your marquee matchups as far as teams in the NFC. Uh, and the Eagles uh, season – has just fallen apart. The Eagles stand at 3-7-1 and one going into the Packers game. The Packers are 8-3. and three. This is a tale of two teams going in opposite directions right now. Last week, as I said earlier, the Eagles lost against Seattle 27-17 on Monday night. Conversely, the Green Bay Packers destroyed the Bears 41-25 on Sunday night. The Packers have won three of their last four games, and their only loss, if you remember, was that overtime loss in Indy against the Colts, which the Packers had a good shot at winning, if not for a late MVS fumble in overtime. The Eagles, they're 4-8 against the spread in their last 12. The Packers, on the other hand, they're 5-2 and two against the spread as a home favorite in their last seven. Aaron Rodgers is killing it this year after uh, something of a, of a down year last year, and after having the Packers trade into the first round to draft Jordan Love, there were some reports that Rodgers was pissed about that. Well, he's certainly acting like it. He leads the league with 33 passing touchdowns. He's an MVP candidate, and it just does not look like a great matchup for the Eagles all the way around. The Eagles can't score any points. They've scored exactly 17 points in each of the last three weeks, and that doesn't even really tell the story because in the last two weeks, the Eagles uh, scored what amounted to garbage time touchdowns at the end of each game, including what was 
you know, basically a deflected Hail Mary to Richard Rogers at the end of last week. JT, I could keep going on and on. I could give you this rank and that rank. Packers 14th against the rush, only 24th in their last three, but it doesn't matter. You know, right now, until the Eagles show something, some type of give us some kind of evidence that they can score some points, there's no way you can take them, even with a point spread that's over a touchdown. So I think the pick here has got to be the Packers at home, giving the points. Go ahead, take the extra point for yourself, go to FanDuel, and then you're only laying seven and a half against the Eagles. As far as some props go, one thing I mentioned last week that I've taken a, a, a long look at in recent weeks and I like a lot is uh, pass completions, which is not something that I had thought of initially uh, at the beginning of the year. I've been hitting on that quite a lot. Took a look at that scenario in this game too, and I'm staying away. The Aaron Rodgers, uh, his prop, I think, is 23 and a half catches on DraftKings. Wentz is over under, excuse me, completions. Wentz is over under for completions is, I think, 21 and a half. Rodgers is only averaging 23.7 completions a game. Wentz is only averaging 22.7 completions a game. The Eagles are only allowing 21.5 completions a game, and Green Bay is only allowing 22.5 completions a game. So what does that all mean? Well, I think what's going on here is that the Eagles are losing games, so their opponents are not having to pass. Conversely, the Eagles just can't complete any passes because they've been horrible. So I'm staying away. It could kind of go other way, so I'm not going to go on the under here. Plus, I just don't think unders are that fun. So I'm staying away from the completions. But I'll take Devontae Adams, 86 receiving yards. He's tearing everything up right now. Uh, and even though the Eagles haven't been that bad against wide receivers, I think uh, Devontae Adams might be the best receiver in football. So I'll take his over on 86 receiving yards at minus 110. I'll take both quarterback rushing props. Uh, Wentz over 14 and a half. The Eagles really showed a big predilection last week to get Wentz out moving and running, not to throw the ball, but on actually designed runs. And I think he had like 42 yards rushing. So I'll take Wentz over on 14 and a half rushing yards. I'll also take Rodgers over seven and a half rushing yards, something that he's been getting up as well. One that I think is very interesting. The Eagles give up the eighth most touchdowns per game to tight ends. So I'm looking at Robert Tunyon. Tunyon has scored in each of his last two games, so I also like the combo of Robert Tunyon to score a touchdown and the Packers to win on FanDuel. That's plus 260. The Eagles, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty odd because you look, the strength of their team seems to be their defensive line with a strong inner core with Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargreave, uh, veteran Brandon Graham, and young player Josh Sweat on the outside, and uh, former first-round pick Derek Barnett. But they're only 23rd against the rush overall for the year, and they're only 23rd in their last three games. So I'll also take Aaron Jones, 58.5 rushing yards at plus 105. Nice odds there. This also sort of feels like a game where Aaron Jones could score a couple of touchdowns. So I kind of like Aaron Jones to score two-plus touchdowns at plus 350. The last one I got on this game, I want to take something besides Wentz rushing, uh, and I guess the the best option there would be Miles Sanders at 63 and a half rushing yards because the Green Bay rushing defense has not been that great. And even though Miles Sanders didn't get enough touches last week, 
the hope is, is that Peterson looks at that and says, okay, what I need to do is I need to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field as much as possible. And while Doug Peterson is never going to give a running back like 25 carries, hopefully he gives Miles Sanders 15 to 20 carries. If he does, I think Miles Sanders does hit 63 and a half rushing yards. So what are your thoughts, JT, on this game, Eagles at, or Eagles at Green Bay? Yeah, I don't see how you can take um, the Eagles in this game at all. Uh, they're just, they've been playing just terrible football of late. And I think the Packers are going to blow them out. The Packers are home. And that really doesn't mean anything because there's no fans in the stands at the Green Bay games. But I just don't see how you could take the Eagles, even if they're getting eight and a half points like they are on DraftKings. I do like your, your props with Sanders over yardage, as well as Aaron Jones over yardage. And my other prop on this game is, let me go back to one of your regular props. It's Greg Ward. Over two and a half receptions. He's usually three and a half. This week he's two and a half. Probably, probably because he wasn't really involved in the offense last week. And his yardage is only 22 and a half yards. So I like Greg Ward over two and a half receptions, one eight, minus 118 on DraftKings, and over 22 and a half yards, minus 114 on DraftKings. Any final thoughts on this game, John? Yeah, I like the call on Greg Ward. I don't, it's, there's some kind of weird little Greg Ward thing is once you start taking Greg Ward, it's like you can't quit him. He's like the broke back mountain of receiving props in the NFL. I wish I knew how to quit you. As an Eagles fan from watching every single snap that the Eagles play, I can say that, you know, Greg Ward really seemed to be that slot receiver that Wentz was looking for on third downs. The Eagles as a team were just dreadful last, last week, especially in the first half. They got almost nothing done. But that's good for a Greg Ward prop this week because it lowers his numbers like you talked about. And, and I'm going to join you on that. I'm going to take uh, Ward with the catches and the yards as well. Yeah, I mean, the Packers defense has not been great this year. And that's why I like the Sanders rushing. I think that Peterson is going to go back to Sanders this week, give him plenty of rushing attempts, try to keep Aaron Jones off the field. And I can see him eclipsing that 63 and a half rushing yards uh, pretty easily this week. All right, so we move on to game two. And this week, my game is the Patriots at the Los Angeles Chargers. So this is an interesting game, and I'm going to tell you why. The Patriots are getting a point and a half. You'd think, all right, it's the New England Patriots. They're getting points. You know, what does that mean? To me, that means hammer the Patriots. Hammer the Patriots this week. Hammer time. The Chargers are coached by Anthony Lynn. This guy is just, he's like, uh, he snaps uh, losses from the jaws of victory. Every single game of theirs is close. Their record is terrible. So I like the Patriots in this game. Get, if you're getting a point and a half, I mean, to me, who are you going to take? Bill Belichick or Anthony Lynn in this game? So I like the Patriots, and I'll tell you why. Cam Newton, he's not having a great season in the air, but he is rushing the ball really well. He's on pace to have twice as many rushing touchdowns as passing touchdowns, and that's ordinarily not a good thing. But he also has eight rushing touchdowns this, this year. And uh, so I can see that continuing this week. He has put up a couple good passing games, but uh, I can see him running the ball really well. The Chargers are in the bottom half of the league in uh, rush yards on defense, and the Patriots are in the top half. The Chargers are giving up 120 and a half rushing yards per game, and Damian Harris for the Patriots has become their go-to running back, and he's averaging 5.1 yards per carry with the Patriots ranked fifth in rushing, covering 149.6 yards on the ground per game. Just point totals, 
The Chargers are at the bottom half of the league, giving up 27.3 points per game, while the Patriots are in the top half of the league on defense, only giving up 23.2 points per game. I know Justin Herbert's having a really good season this year. He's ranked third in the NFL with 301.5 yards per game in the air. But I just can't see, I can't see the Chargers winning this game. In fact, the money line is plus 106 for the Patriots. So I'm going to hammer the money line. The Patriots are going to win this game outright. I don't care about getting the point and a half. I think the Patriots are going to win this game. The Patriots have not lost seven plus games since 2002. And I know they're five and six this season, but I can't see them losing this game to the Chargers. I see the Patriots getting right, getting to 500. And in 14 of the past 16 seasons, uh, a team after week 11 with a losing record has made the playoffs. I expect that to be 15 out of 17 seasons. And I think the Patriots are actually going to make a run here and make the playoffs. So I like the Patriots in this game. I'm taking the money line at plus 106 on DraftKings. But the lines, uh, the Patriots getting a point and a half. So if you don't like the money line, take the points with the, the Patriots. And that's my pick this week. Uh, there really were no player props on this game. So I don't have a player prop for you this week on this game. Maybe Cam Newton to score a touchdown. That's probably a good bet since he usually does, since he scored eight touchdowns already this season on the ground and a, and a few in the air. So I like Cam Newton. If that's my only player prop is to score a touchdown. John, any thoughts on this game? Yeah, I was able to, t- to locate some props that came up on FanDuel today. I think I kind of like Mike Williams. Uh, over 42 and a half receiving yards. Mike Williams is basically a big play waiting to happen. Uh, unfortunately, it doesn't happen quite enough for uh, people like me who have him in fantasy. But he's been pretty good this year. And Keenan Allen has really come on over the last uh, month or so. So I would expect the Patriots to really try to you know, concentrate their coverage on Keenan Allen, try to take him out. That might open up some opportunities for Mike Williams, uh, even you know, you know, one or two deep passes, and he could get that 42 and a half yards receiving uh, on Fandle. And I think that's minus 110. Yes, that's minus 110. Uh, The other one you might want to take a look at is uh, Damian Harris for the Patriots. You know, it's tough to trust the Patriots and Bill Belichick when it comes to running backs. Harris has been up and down this year as far as opportunities go. I think this could be one, especially on the road, uh, where Harris gets a number of carries, uh, assuming he's healthy and good to go. His over-under for rushing yards on FanDuel is 61 and a half yards at minus 110. And I think I like that one as well. Yeah, I like the Damian Harris player prop on, uh, on FanDuel. I'm just looking at it right now. I think that's probably a pretty good one, 61 and a half rushing yards. So I take the over in that game. But I like the Patriots. You know, I don't know if they're going to win big because the Chargers never lose big. But I like the Patriots to win this game and get to 500. And that's my pick of the week. So, John, who do you got in the second, the second game uh, this week? You know, it's funny. I took a look at this week's slate, and there, was three, there were three games that kind of jumped out at me. It was Indy at Houston, New Orleans at Atlanta, and the Rams at Arizona. And the reason why I was drawn to all three of those games was because we were looking at um, home dogs in division matchups. Ah, man, I love home dogs in division matchups. If, you know, you know, we've seen it millions of times where, you know, two teams that, you know, sort of have their seasons going in different directions, but they're division opponents, they know each other, they play each other twice each year, and it ends up being a close game. Give me the home dog in each of those. But as far as my analysis for the pod, 
I chose to go with the Colts at Houston. Uh, Houston is getting three and a half points at home on DraftKings. It's only three points on FanDuel. The Colts, you know, they're fighting for their playoff lives. They had a really bad loss last week, as we talked about earlier, getting just drubbed by another division foe, uh, the Titans. The Houston Texans, on the other hand, they've really been coming on strong. Under Romeo Cornell, they've won three of their last four games. And Deshaun Watson has been playing absolutely out of his mind. You know, the injury availability, I should say, story is kind of up and down for Houston this week. They have lost Will Fuller now for six weeks uh, because of PED suspension. That hurts. He was having a career year and was a a go-to guy for Deshaun Watson. But I don't think that's a death knell for the Texans in this game or going forward, frankly, because number one, Deshaun Watson is amazing. And it it almost doesn't even seem like it matters who, who he's throwing to. You know, I mean, I know there was a lot of talk, especially earlier in the year, you know, they were struggling a little bit, the Texans were, uh, and the loss of DeAndre Hopkins was sort of seen as the reason why. And listen, you can't lose Hopkins and have that not affect you, but it sort of seems that Watson has gotten comfortable with his other receivers now, and he's still got Brandon Cooks, who still has the talent to play like a number one receiver. Kiki QT, a guy who's kind of been in and out of the lineup over the last couple of years, uh, came through and made some big catches last week. And then they have a uh, rookie, Isaiah Coulter, uh, who uh, Watson has been looking to as well. And of course, Watson, absolutely dangerous with his legs. On the good side, it looks like they're going to get David Johnson back this week. He was activated from IR. And according to the Sporting News, um, offensive coordinator Tim Kelly for Houston said that Johnson looks great in practice. So it looks like he's going to play. The Colts, you know, Phillip Rivers has been a steadying factor on offense, but their main story has been defense. The defense has just been fantastic this year. And oddly enough, their defense has even been better on uh, the road than it has been uh, at home. The but here. I like big butts and I cannot lie. The but here is that the defense got smashed last week against the Titans. So there is a chink in the, in the armor as far as the, the Colts uh, defense goes. I mean, I, I, I kind of went back and forth on this game. My initial gut reaction was, man, you know what? I really love the way Deshaun Watson is playing now. Give me the Texans at home getting three and a half points. Looked at it from the Colts' perspective, too, how good the Colts' defense is on the road. The fact that they're playing for their playoff lives. And in the end, I'm going to go with my gut here. Give me Deshaun Watson who I think is one of the better quarterbacks in the league and was getting kind of slept on after a rough beginning to the year. Give me Deshaun Watson at home getting three and a half points. It could be, you know, a close game and the Texans end up even losing by three. Although I think that the Texans have an outside shot to win this game outright. I'll take the Texans. I'll take the three and a half. As far as props go, hammering a Deshaun Watson rushing yards every week. It's 28 and a half. This week at minus 110, only available on FanDuel right now. On the flip side, the Houston Texans, uh, there's no two ways around it. They've had the worst rushing defense in the league. Whenever I see that, you're showing me the worst defense in the league against running backs. Give me the running backs on the other side. So I'll take Jonathan Taylor 
over 52 and a half rushing yards, minus 121, not great odds, but I'll take the, the lower number. You get a little bit better odds if you take the Taylor rushing yards on FanDuel, but the number is much higher. It's like 57 and a half or something like that. So I'll take the lower rushing number, 52 and a half on DraftKings. I'll also take Naheem Hines. Now it's 22 and a half rushing yards on DraftKings at minus 112. You get an extra yard if you go to FanDuel. So you get an extra yard and better odds. I'll take Naheem Hines, 21 and a half rushing yards at minus 110 on FanDuel. And that's what I got in this game. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, this is a game that I'm probably going to stay away from. I'm not quite sure which way to go with this. Uh, the Colts really got destroyed last week against uh, the Titans. You know, Houston's been playing better of late. So if I had to lean. And now it's time for a lean break. Lean back, uh-huh. lean back, uh-huh. lean back. Uh-huh. Diamond in the back, sunrooftop, big in the scene with a gangster lean. I creeped away real slow and jumped in the six four with the diamond in the back, sunrooftop, big in the scene with the gangster lean. Lean on me. All we need is somebody to lean on. And that was your lean break. For this week, which way do you lean? Yeah, if I had to lean, I'd probably take the points with Houston, but this is a game I'm going to stay away from as far as the point spread is concerned. The, the two props that I like on this is I like the Deshaun Watson over rushing yards. I think he's going to cover that. It's only available on FanDuel, like you said. And then I compared the, the uh, receiving yards for Michael Pittman Jr., between FanDuel and DraftKings. And for Pittman, it's over 56 and a half on DraftKings at minus 114, but you get better odds on FanDuel at 54 and a half at minus 110. So I like the Pittman over receiving yards in this game. Any further thoughts on this one? No, just that I'm actually in a in an odd way. I don't know why it's odd, but I just I'm really looking forward to this game. I think it could be a fun game. I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, I think I love the fact that the Texans are seem to be on an upswing right now. Romeo Cornell really seems to to lit a spark underneath them, and they've played well even on the road. They're at home this time. The Colts, a very interesting team that's fighting for their playoff lives. Like I said, just looking forward to the game big time. And um, yeah, love that Deshaun Watson rushing. All right, so before we move into the last phase of our podcast, which is the favorite of, I'm sure, everybody out there, our our tracks of the week, I'm just going to give you one quick college football nugget. So Texas A&M is visiting Auburn this week, and Texas A&M has won five straight games. They're ranked fifth in the country, right on the outside of the uh, four teams ahead of them for the playoffs. And Texas A&M has played really, really well this season. And Auburn just got destroyed by Alabama last week without Nick Saban coaching. So I look at this game and the line's minus six. I know it's in Auburn, but I'm taking Texas A&M, laying the six points. Common opponents uh, is what I like to look at. They're both in the same conference. And Texas A&M beat University of South Carolina 48-3, to but Auburn lost to the University of South Carolina 30-22. to And I know it's probably under you know, maybe different weather conditions or what have you. But with that huge disparity in points, I'm taking Texas A&M. I'm laying the six points, and that's my college football nugget this week. My track of the week is going back to my transfer roots, and it's Black and Blue by Elon Bluestone and Andrew Bayer. I mean, just what a solid track. Uh, sick buildup. 
And then after the drop, it just, just a great banger. So that's my track of the week, Black and Blue by Elon Bloodstone and uh, Andrew Bayer. John, what do you got? Got a little, uh, something a little housey for us this week. Uh, I was digging through some of the promos that we received over the last uh, month or so, and I'm going with a, a, a very cool, groovy, housey track now by an artist known as Louis Gomez. Uh, Louis Gomez, who is a really great house music producer out of Chicago, and the track is called Without You, uh, which was uh, just recently released. Uh, it has a, a very cool, like, nice big drum sound to it, but also sort of that 70s-ish groovy nature um, that's just kind of like a very chill track to, to, to groove out to. So that's my track of the week this week, Louis Gomez, Without You. What I'm gonna do without you. Big game today for our Rutgers Scarlet Knights against the Penn State Nittany Lions. It's a nooner, kicking off soon, so go are you. And let's get a big win against our hated now rival, Penn State. So with that being said, we're going to conclude our week 13 podcast of Wagers Ragers, and may your bets be sharp and your cashes be bountiful. We are out. See you next week, week 14. Thanks.